When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Behind the Mic with Audiophile Magazine, where you can always find recommendations for your next great audiobook. I'm Robin Witten, editor and founder of Audiophile, and all the first weeks of December, we will be featuring our selection of the best audiobooks of 2023. Today, we will explore many ideas and opinions that we hear in the nonfiction and history audiobooks. And I'm very pleased to have narrator Grover Gardner join us today. Grover's going to give us his take on narrating one of the year's best audiobooks. We'll talk to Grover in just a second, but first, here are the year's best nonfiction, history, and culture audiobooks. The Wager, A Tale of Shipwreck, Mutiny, and Murder by David Gran, read by Dion Graham. Differ We Must, How Lincoln Succeeded in a Divided America, by Steve Inskeep, read by the author. Poverty by America, by Matthew Desmond, read by Dion Graham. Wasteland, The Secret World of Waste and the Urgent Search for a Cleaner Future, by Oliver Franklin Wallace, read by Chris Harper. Misbelief. What Makes Rational People Believe Irrational Things, by Dan Ariely, read by Simon Jones, and Tabula Rasa, by John McPhee, read by Grover Gardner. And we have Grover with us today, so welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here, Robin. Well, it's fun to, uh, we've talked over the years about a lot of audiobooks, this will be fun to hear your take on John McPhee's latest uh, collection and stories. So tell us what this uh, collection of essays is all about. Well, John probably explains it best in the book. Uh, when he was a young reporter with Time magazine, his editor said, you need a little color in your life and a little sparkle. So he invited him to lunch with Thornton Wilder. <laughs> And uh, John was awed, of course, and uh, during the course of the luncheon conversation, Wilder said that he was uh, starting a new project, which was uh, cataloging the plays of the uh, 17th century Spanish playwright Lope de Vega. De Vega wrote over 1,800 plays, and over 400 of those still exist. 
And as he was talking about this, John was thinking to himself, and he kind of blurted out, why would anyone do such a thing? And Wilder gave him a scornful look and ignored him for the rest of the luncheon. And John thought about it afterwards and realized that this was uh, what he calls a forever project. In other words, this is something to occupy you in your old age that will probably never end. And so you just keep working at it and working at it until you drop. And <laughs> that's what Tabula Rasa is. It's a collection of essays. Most of them, or all of them, first appeared in The New Yorker. And then they were put together for this first volume, volume one, it's called, John is 93 now, and uh, this is his way of keeping sharp and keeping active and keeping interested in life and everything around him. Most of the essays are uh, what you might call missed opportunities, things that he never got to write. And for John McPhee fans, this is very tantalizing. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, you know, all of the wonderful, the acute observations, his observational skills, his droll wit, and his, uh, his ability to kind of hone in on the most interesting aspects of a topic. We read about a lot of things that we'll never get the chance to hear John talk about or write about. So in that sense, it's, uh, it's kind of frustrating, but also very enlightening about his process, about his, uh, his relations, uh, relationships with various editors, uh, William Sean, uh, people at various magazines and newspapers, and what they, what they thought was interesting and what they didn't. And so it's really quite fun. Just, again, you know, it's very peripatetic. It's a little quixotic. And he uh, starts to tilt at a few windmills and then says, oh, well, I couldn't do it. Or nobody would pay me to do it. Or, <laughs> or I lost interest. Or something got in the way. Sometimes it was a source or that just the topic itself posed difficulties that he didn't feel he could overcome. So that's kind of what the book is. And it's very engaging. It's charming. It's funny. And it's informative because, as always, no matter what he's talking about, there's always some little sidebar, some little digression, some little something he sort of wanders off in and discusses for a while. And you always learn, uh, you know, remarkable uh, facts that you didn't know before, sort of a lot of aha moments in the book. So uh, that's what it is. Well, that's a wonderful way to describe it. I felt that way, and I think listeners will be tantalized. And also, you know, to hear this legendary storyteller, you know, sort of musing about the the never wasas, things that he had he had hoped to do, uh -huh. and he you know proposed, and you know, and we we find out oh just a little bit about them, and then he goes on to another one. <laughs> And I hope it doesn't end. <laughs> no, me too. I think, as far as I know, he's still going 
on his uh, forever project. So, you know, you've done a lot of nonfiction over your long audiobook career. And do you see any uh, particular trend now in nonfiction of titles that are coming out that either positively or negatively? Well, I'm currently reading for my own uh, pleasure and interest The Dawn of Everything by David Graeber and uh, David Wengro. I narrated two of Graeber's books some years ago and found them fascinating, and I picked this one up. And, you know, what they are trying to do is overturn, well, disrupt the myths of certain aspects of civilization, inequality, how we developed as human beings, how our societies developed. And if there's a trend that I see now, it's, you know, when I was growing up, you read the big books, the big history books that attempted a synthesis, you know, like Will Durant, the synthesis Mm. of art and uh, (laughs) economics and culture and the great people of history and, you know, how that all sort of ties together. Uh, William Shirer, William Manchester, uh, they, they were, you know, big, long books that tried to synthesize everything and give you a big picture. And I think that trend is sort of over and ended quite a while ago. And what I think you see more nowadays is a combination of things. One is uh, sort of these micro-histories. You know, they'll take a subject like beer mm. or eyeglasses, you know, or snails. And uh, they'll just delve into that. But in do And you learn all sorts of interesting things. But in examining that, you sort of sense that, uh, that, that you know, the topic sort of broadens out and has relevance to, you know, bigger issues, which is fun. There also, uh, there's a lot more interest now, because there's a lot more information than we had 40, 50 years ago, about human development. Uh, You've got Steven Pinker and uh, Sapiens and Graeber and some of these other Mm. uh, anthropologists and historians who are kind of starting to turn traditional assumptions on their heads. And so, yeah, I think the kind of nonfiction, especially in terms of history that's being written now, is very different. Uh, Nobody would have read a book about snails when I was young. You wanted a big book. You know, you wanted Shelby Foote. Um, But now people are, they, they tend to seem to shy away from the big books and they like these smaller little micro looks at, you know, fascinating topics. Well, that's what I see. Right. Right. Well, there's that. Like oranges. (laughs) McPhee actually was, he he was sort of a pioneer in the idea of micro history, the Pine Barrens, the, uh, the, uh, Arthur Ashe, uh, the game of tennis, uh, things like that. So, yeah, in a sense, he was the precursor of these journeys into small areas that tend to sort of broaden out into, uh, you know, and sort of touch on larger issues. So, yeah, you're right. 
Well, I think that's what makes uh, this title so interesting and a great selection for our best of the year. We've been talking about Tabula Rasa by John McPhee, read by Grover Gardner in this special 2023 edition of Best of the Year on Behind the Mic with Audiophile Magazine. Harper Audio is proud to sponsor today's episode of Behind the Mic. Thanks for listening and keep listening.